Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hello and welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt, talking Sacramento Kings. Matt? Buddy, 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 buddy. Buddy. I didn't know if you were going to hit the high note, but you yeah. went for it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> no holding back. I'm trying to think of what, what, what the next song is going to be for Sack Lunch Podcast, so if anybody has any ideas, you know, let me know. Throw out any requests? Yeah. Yeah, and we are not bandwagon fans, I promise. We have reasons for not uh, not doing episodes lately. We've had illnesses and all kinds of other stuff going on, but uh, the fact that the Kings are surging right now does make it a little more fun to jump back in. Yeah, not going to lie, it does. I did have a, a, a very real stomach bug, though, but I'm I'm over it. You're back. You're fully recovered. I am. That's good. So... Uh, the time change is coming up right around the corner. It's next weekend. You're right. Like, what are your thoughts on the time change? I feel like a lot of people with small children, uh, I have a couple of small kids, you do as well. I feel like a lot of parents with young kids don't like it because it <laughs> gives the illusion that it's not bedtime when it really is bedtime because it's still light outside. That can throw but, them off, yeah. Especially during the summer when it doesn't get dark until, you know, around nine. Um, and I mean, your kids go to bed around like, five o'clock don't they no no one at seven <laughs> one at eight yeah but we we have video emily does of Addie when she was younger and during the um the time change of just running around all hyper and crazy at bedtime yeah um and so like we've always laughed about that but yeah i feel like it's it can be a rough transition for a while with kids the time change that happens in the fall is money yeah. Oh, because, that one's gold. Yeah. But the one that's about to happen now is, is rough. It's always a little bit yeah. trickier. Yeah. Although I do like driving home with some sunlight um, from work. Yeah. It, it, I love that It'd it extends different. the day. The long days are awesome. What's your favorite season out of the year? Fall. Easy. Fall? Easy. Fall's a good one. Weather because, cooling off a bit. Football season. Yeah. Baseball playoffs. Dodgers choking. Dodgers losing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I, summer is my least favorite, and so to me it's kind of a double because I'm getting out of my least favorite, and it's like somebody just turned the AC on. I can you know the the bills that come with it in my house and the 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 lawn bill for like watering the yard go down. Um, it fall is just cheaper than summer, and it just feels better. I'm yeah. super white, and I, I just you know I don't tan, I just burn. And so I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, you bring up good points, which I don't like because I never thought of the financial aspect of it. I burn easily as well. I'm very white, but I summer is actually my favorite season. Okay. And so, like, but no, there's a lot of good things about summer. Yeah, but. I mean, I have fond memories of being a kid and not having school. You know, there's there's usually vacation or two thrown in there. But yeah. I, um, it's like right in the middle of baseball season. I love like barbecues and swimming and stuff like that. And then also the Fourth of July is one of my favorite holidays. I've always just enjoyed. Yeah, Fourth of July. No, so, I love something. Yeah, I, no, don't I don't, don't get me it. wrong. We live in the Sacramento Valley, so it's a very dry heat, but it's heat, and we get days that can be, you know couple weeks straight of over 100 and up to like 112. It's not like Vegas or Phoenix heat, but it gets pretty hot here. So I'm not a fan of that, especially driving a black car. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like feeling that 
there's no amount of clothes that I could take off to make me feel cooler. Yeah, or the the fact that it, when it gets so hot that it's unsafe to have the kids outside and you just feel cooped up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like there fires. are downsides about summer. Um, but So maybe I like either the transition ends of summer, not right in the middle, not the dog days of summer, yeah. but like when as spring transitions into summer or like as summer transitions into fall when the weather's a little more mild. You're like a Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend kind of guy. I am, yeah. Although, like I said, I do love Fourth of July, but that's an exception to Right. That. But you can like barbecue on Labor Day weekend. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. You can barbecue and there's still um, like baseball games on and stuff. So Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about the Kings, Matt. Uh, the Kings, after defeating the Detroit Pistons today, 106 to 100. Yeah, we did. Are now sitting at 26 and 34. They have won five of their last six games and four of the f- uh, last five since the All-Star break. Man. Tied for the nine seed with New Orleans, who lost to the Lakers tonight, and three games back from Memphis in the eight seed. So the Kings, all of a sudden, just when we think that they're out of it, have crept back in. We're in dangerous territory because <laughs> haven't we been here before where we oh, get our hopes up? All the time. Sometimes it's just game to game, you know, like you're, you're thinking, okay, they're out of it. They're down by 15. And then all of a sudden with three minutes left, they're down by six. And you're like, okay, we got a shot. And then, you know, it doesn't work out in the end. Um, this time on a more grander scale, it's, you know, it's about the season. Um, so, I'm kind of and, almost preparing myself for letdown. And can we have a game where we don't either have to give up a huge deficit or overcome one? Like, yeah. can we just have a regular... Or make it super close for no reason within the last minute of the game. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of happened today and um, against Memphis a couple nights ago. you got to be careful what you wish for, though, because you love those high-adrenaline, intense <laughs> games where the you know the pressure's high and you get to get hyped and stuff. But I like the a Kings, comeback. Yeah, comebacks are fun, but when you give up one, like against the Thunder the other day... that doesn't feel good. And you got to be careful with the Kings, because while, you know, the Giants had torture in baseball for years and stuff, the Kings typically tend to not come out on the winning side of those a little more often than not. I mean, they do, but not as often as we would like. Yeah. So you got to be careful with the Kings. (laughs) Well, it kind of depends on who we play, too. If we're playing somebody who's just a destroyer, like a a Dame Lillard, or, or just somebody good... We we're coming out on the wrong end of that game, but if we're playing against a team that you know is not very good, then some you know we can squeak those out. But yeah, I don't know, um, but hey, except for when we go Kings and beat good teams and lose to bad ones. But hey, I'll take it though. The fact that we're able to turn on the TV and watch meaningful games, yeah, games that could in mean something. March mm-hmm. as a Kings fan, that hasn't happened in years. Yeah, yeah, except a little bit last year, but sort like of, we, yeah. we had a pretty big deficit from nine to eight. But I know we're we're in the nine seed now, at three games back, which is doable. Have you seen Memphis's schedule? They have the number one ranked schedule for, as far as difficulty. difficulty. Okay, and the, it's very I like that difficult. Good, and so <laughs> that and it, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself because they still have to play the games. In my mind, we're tied for the eighth seed right now. <laughs> You're preparing yourself for a letdown, but you're already giving us the eight seed. I'm preparing like for Memphis to just be out of the picture by by the next month. Matty optimism. I like it. Yeah. So let's talk about the turnaround that we've experienced a little bit here. I found a cool article that was on sackb.com. Okay. And it kind of mentioned, it tried to pinpoint, like, when did the Kings really turn this 
this around. So prior to the trade where we got Bazemore and Tolliver, the mm. Kings had lost six in a row and 12 of their last 15. So they had just lost to Detroit. The, the team was gathering together in a hotel in Chicago before the Bulls game. Yeah. And despite being the new guys to the team, Bazemore and Tolliver decided to, like, give a speech to the team. Okay. It's like, that's pretty bold, you know, but I like it. Yeah. So basically, um, Bazemore said that, you know, the you guys are better than you think. And Tolliver said that, you know, the Kings could win a lot more games with just a few fundamental adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, and regarding that pep talk, Tolliver said, you know, we were very vocal about the potential here um, coming from Portland and seeing how we played there and seeing how these guys played here. Even though we were losing a lot of games at that point, we were like, you guys are not that far away from winning. So getting some outside perspective was probably cool, but I like the new guys stepping in. Yeah. And, and you know what, since that, pep talk from the new guys the kings have gone 11 and 5 so i don't know if it made a difference but it sure seems to have yeah i mean that could have been the start of something good um Baysmore has been uh, a breath of fresh air he's uh, he's got some swag he's almost like last year's version of, or this year's version of last year's amon shumpert and how he was to the team yeah although he plays a little bit better than than amon i think um uh, he he's a little weird, uh, which kind of works out in a good. He's kind of quirky, like with his uh, off the court antics. You know, his little dancing in the tunnel and stuff. I like that. I guess you got to be a little quirky to show up to a new team and give a pep talk. Yeah, but, you, you know, know, but that's good. I mean, the last two weeks he's averaged fourteen point uh, eight points. We'll call that fifteen points a game on forty four percent field goals. So you know, not e- bad, e- efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, six rebounds, uh, an assist, and almost two steals. That's huge. Per game. So he's been stepping up on the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, he's flying around the court and this is coming off the bench and he's just fitting right in with that 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 bench mob is 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 nice right now yeah and he's been a very key piece to that lately which is awesome kind of weird tolliver gave that speech and he actually got released yesterday um there's a log jam at the position of power forward i mean to be honest tolliver kind of stinks you know as far as like being on the court and playing Great locker room guy, though, you know, and, or, you know, great guy on the bench. Yeah, and the so, towel, but. I mean, the article kind of worded it delicately and said that they basically, the Kings allowed him to pursue opportunities with other playoff contenders, but you never know. There might be a young team out there that's contending that could use a veteran presence in the locker room, at least, even his leadership, like he provided for the Kings. Well, don't go give him to, like, the, the Suns or something, and then, then all know. of a sudden they have, you know, the Suns podcast people are talking about how ever since <laughs> Tolliver came in, he gave gave the speech and now they're 12 and 0 I know and they passed the kings and the pelican and they're it's in just the funny that he helped provide the spark that we needed to turn the season around and then we sent him packing Later, loser. <laughs> okay hey man <laughs> we all so, have our roles yeah. let's talk about tonight's game a little bit tonight the kings defeated the pistons 106 to 101 yes um, so believe it or not, I told you this and you didn't even believe it, but this was the third time this season that the Kings have overcome a 20 point deficit to win a game, which is the most in NBA history. They trailed this game 18 to one at one point and 27 to six. So Matt, this was the third time this season that the Kings were down by 20 or more and came back to win, which yeah. is the most in NBA history. Now I think that's both a good and a bad thing because it's never been done before. So it, it <laughs> takes a lot of skill and, and perseverance to overcome a deficit that big, but you yeah. also have to put yourself in a lot of positions where you're down by more than 20 to yeah. even have that opportunity. Yeah, we probably had the opportunity to do it like 10 times this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I believe you that we did it three times. I did not believe that it was a, a record, but yeah, that your points that you just made may make a lot of sense. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Credit for the Kings, like you said, for always persevering and never quitting. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of teams would pack it in after getting down, you know, 15, 17 points in the second half. But, um, yeah, but at the same time, it's like if you're that good to come back, why not just stay up the whole time? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, well, the Kings missed 10 of their first 11 shots, so they came out of the gates ice cold. There were some boobers in the crowd. In the first quarter, I mean, I understandably so. I mean, we just when you're down this, eighteen to one, I don't yeah, we blame just come them. Off this great know? road trip, we're like, all right, let's just whoop these Pistons. You know, they got the Sunday, you know, afternoon crowd, Sunday they, fun day. Yeah, they look at the I feel families. like the Kings had earned better than that, though. They've earned a little bit of leeway with their play as of late. Yeah, like, was the booing surprised. was a little bit uncalled for, but when you're just getting smoked by a team like Detroit, <laughs> I, I understand the frustration. Um, you know, Fox scored 11 of his 23 in the fourth quarter, which helped us seal this victory. But the turning point really seemed to be when Derrick Rose left the game in the first quarter with an ankle injury because he had scored half their points, 9 yeah. of 18 to start. But then we outscored the Pistons by 20 once he left. Things, I mean, at the beginning of the season, things could just not go right for us, like whatsoever with our injuries and whatnot. And, our, um, and Lately, it's it still seems been like rough with injuries, the, though. Yeah, but lately the other team has been. Uh, That's true. Like when we played the Clippers, they didn't have Paul George or Patrick Beverly, and we were able to beat them. Um, the Warriors, you know, obviously don't have Curry, and he's about to come back soon, so we just missed him. That um, we're in a race with the Pelicans. They didn't have Zion for a big chunk of the year. Right. And Memphis didn't have Darren Jackson Jr. when we played him last game either. Right. And, so. and we're about to play Philadelphia this next yeah. week without Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. So Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm not going to apologize for it. You know, sorry, Derek Rose. You know. However, we have not had Marvin Bagley. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox has missed time several times. And our best player, Rashawn Holmes, has missed over 20 games now. Yeah, and Willie Cauley-Stein's so, not here anymore. So, who? I mean, that, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he, he was banged up, but he just came back for Dallas. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Hopefully he Yeah, you mentioned Fox there. scored 11 of his 23 in the fourth quarter. He's been turning into a nice closer um, for us. I, I've noticed that he's just been maturing in that, in yeah. that way, which is awesome. He's evolved from a good, raw, young talent into like a more polished player, with the exception of maybe his free throw shooting, because in the last couple of weeks, he's averaging 25 points a game on 51% shooting, uh, over three rebounds, six assists, 1.3 steals. And I saw that over the last two weeks, he's even averaging half a block. Yeah. Um, I saw one on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it where he got the block, but then they called him on a foul on the body and he was like, oh, but that was, he, yeah. he's been stepping it up on the defensive end too. But, but I will say he's shooting 59% from the, from the charity stripe the last two weeks and only 67 on the season as a point guard. That's you've got to be like over 75%. I feel yeah. like 80 would be ideal. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, he has that shoulder injury um, on his shooting shoulders. I mean, that might be a factor. Well, that could be why some it's at 59. It is, but some it's... of it's mental, though, I think, because there's times where he's like barely even hitting the rim. And it's like, these are professional shooters here. Um, you know, he, he's got to be better than that. Is it because he's a lefty? Maybe he just needs to start shooting with his right hand. I don't know. He could, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> or step back a few feet like Nick Van Exel used to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So just make him, Fox. Come on. But the, the Kings, that was a big win for them. Their last game against Memphis was a big one, too. The Kings beat Memphis in Memphis 104 to 101. Let's talk about that game for just a second because, as we mentioned before, Memphis is the eight seed right now. So that yeah. is the difference between us being four games back and three games. No, five games back and three right. games back. Yeah, that right one now. counted as two. That was huge. Uh, we just came off that tough loss to OKC as well, where we kind of blew. Uh, we were 
out by 19, didn't have Fox. I don't care what, I mean, some people might say, you know, well, we were kind of, you know, destined to lose that one or it was a scheduled loss because Fox wasn't playing and, and so they kind of dismiss it. I'm kind of going the opposite way. I'm like, hey, if you're up 19 in the middle of the third quarter, it's a bad loss. Is yeah. it just me or do we always ha- seem to have crazy games against the Thunder? Like the Thunder and the Rockets seem yeah. to be our games that just are... Yeah, something about that Midwest uh, vibe or something. Yeah, but um, that was a rough one. Being up by 19 and then losing that game, especially in the midst of a hot streak, Yeah, it's like that one hurt because that could have really changed the outlook of the standings for And then us. we had to go back-to-back to Memphis, which is arguably the most important game of the year. And we, we pulled it out. Um, we were down early, and we came back. And then we were up pretty big late and almost allowed them to come back. And they actually had a three-point shot to send it to overtime, and luckily they missed it. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a great win. Yeah, that OKC loss was rough. It was... I feel like um, foul trouble really hurt us because oh, yeah. uh, while Alex Len is um, has been good lately, I feel like um, Giles has been really good, and he got into foul trouble, which forced Luke Walton's hand to put in Len earlier than he might have wanted to. Yeah. So well, we and, made like three fouls in the first was it minute of the fourth quarter, and they were shooting free throws by the time it was like ten minutes to go. And I mean, you're not going to win doing. Yeah, that. and the team it wasn't just Giles; the team as a whole was fouling too much late in the game and it, it turned into free throws which really hurt our ability to build any momentum i feel like and it just mm-hmm. turned into trading baskets and then okc shooting free throws yeah which is never ideal um you had mentioned alex len earlier um in his recent success he's been really good on the defensive end which is surprising because i mean you and i have played fantasy basketball for a few years and so even though he hasn't been on the kings we kind of know who alex len is and he's never been one to you know be uh, uh, you know, labeled as a good defender. He doesn't jump off the chart yeah. statistically. But he's been, he, he's, for one, he's big. He's over seven feet tall and he's pretty thick. And so he's able to like, you know, bang with like the Montrez Heralds of the world, um, which is nice because we've really missed that without Holmes. Yeah. Um, and, and Bagley had even kind of started turning into that shot blocker a little bit, but now he's hurt. Yeah. yeah. And, and Giles, he's doing great, but we need more depth in that front court. And I think you're right. J- uh, Len has really stepped up as a defensive presence in, in Holmes' absence, which yeah. has been helpful. Yeah. Rebounding, defense, block shots. And even you know, getting his hand on on balls and getting steals, um, Walton's going to have some some decisions to make when Holmes comes back pretty soon. Um, yeah, I have, think you know, that because he's missed so much time, there's probably going to be heavy minutes restrictions when he does yeah. return. Uh, but yeah, as he gets back into the groove of things, there's going to be some decisions to be made. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about any of these other recent games? I mean, not much to talk about. We we played at Golden State and trounced them 112 to 94. Not much to talk about there. What about the Clippers game back on February 22nd where we played down in LA and won 112 to 103 against the Clippers? Yeah, they didn't the Clippers were not at full strength, but I mean to be fair neither were we. Um, they still had Kawhi Leonard and it was still in LA which we normally were terrible there. We played really good that game. Um uh and, and even closed it out down the stretch. Giles had that big alley-oop that just got me hyped. Uh, Fox had a big bucket and closed it out. Every every time the Clippers, you know, 
came with with some flames we came back with an answer yeah um, played really well against the team that going into the season was the the vegas odds favorite to win the the nba finals granted yeah. not even at full strength but as you mentioned the kings weren't either and that's a huge win to get on the road nonetheless yeah. uh and before that we beat memphis at home 129 to 125 so we've had a couple big wins against the team that we're chasing down for the eight seed in the last couple weeks yeah i mean it's going to be tough to get that eight seed you almost have to play it perfect we play you know memphis um the pelican and the Blazers a handful of times coming up. You almost have to beat them every time you play them, but so far, so good. We've beaten Memphis twice, and we've beaten the teams that we're supposed to beat, and we beat the Clippers, a team that we were not supposed to beat, which is what it's going to take to get that 8 seed, too, is to have some surprises in there. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of why that OKC game stings a little bit. Yeah, that one hurt. A that loss really hurt. Yeah. So before we jump into... Uh, the upcoming games for the next week and the news and notes. Let's quickly go over. We mentioned the big turnaround after that that hype speech by mm-hmm. by Bazemore and Tolliver, but let's talk about some key stats over the last couple of weeks. We mentioned Fox putting up great numbers aside from the the free throw shooting. Giles, in the absence of Holmes, has really impressed me. He's really stepped up. Yeah. Um, it makes me a little sad that we didn't re-sign him, but... It makes me nervous that we didn't re-sign him, because we're going to try and re-sign him now, I bet, but there's going to be uh, yeah. other suitors. I know. He, he's really uh, driven his value up, I think, and he he always had raw talent, and we knew that, and there was something weird going on early in the year. They were just really hush-hush about him, but he's really stepped up. In the last couple weeks, averaging 14.6 points on 56% shooting, uh, over eight rebounds a game, two and a half assists. We've mentioned in the past that he's a good passer for a big man. He's, a he's not exactly Weber or, or Vladi, but he's got vision yeah. for a big man. Yeah. Uh, he's fun to watch. And then, um, you know, half a steal and just about a block per game and only 0.7 turnovers. So even when he has the ball in his hands, he doesn't make stupid mistakes. He's a good passer. He's an efficient player. He could improve his free throw shooting as well. But then again, a lot of big men could. Um, the one thing that's continued to haunt Giles, though, is still the foul trouble. Tonight, yeah. he got into foul trouble again. He got a technical after he got his third foul in a 10-minute period, right. which is a lot. <laughs> so we've mentioned this about him before. He seems to have improved, but, I mean, what are your thoughts on Giles? Putting up great numbers in Holmes' absence, but also still getting into foul trouble now and then. That also hurt us in the OKC game that we lost. Yeah, the energy so. that he brings is is... You know, second to none, um, especially when he's at home. The crowd loves him. But even just, just any time with his teammates, it just seems like they feed off of him. Um, just like the little scowls he gives and, you know, the stuff that he's barking out, always talking trash, it feels like. Almost got in a fight with Jonas Valanciunas, which is pretty pretty intense. Um, and, yeah, he's got his little uh, his floaters kind of nice. He's got a little mid-range jumper that he's been hitting. Um, I like what you mentioned about how – He's efficient. He doesn't turn it over much. It's, it seems like he just he knows his role within the offense. Um, he has big hands, so they're secure. So like you can't really slap him away or anything. And he just makes the right basketball play. And like if he's open, he'll shoot it. But he's never going to force anything or just make you scratch your head. And I, I never, I don't think I've ever been mad at him when no. I'm watching him on offense because he always just makes the right basketball play. And then on defense, he has good hands, <laughs> but sometimes those good hands make him foul a little bit because he's trying to do too much. Yeah, and he seems to be growing into this role really nicely. And I think that even when Holmes comes back, um, you know, depending on the health of Bagley, there could be some some place for him in the uh, in, in the rotation in the future. I hope we re-sign him, but yeah. we'll see what happens. So let's go from talking about somebody who you've never been mad at <laughs> to somebody that you have... <laughs> Pretty often. Let's talk about your boy Buddy Healed over the last couple Buddy. of weeks. Well, I mean, 
he's done some good things and some bad things. I mean, he's got you know fifteen. He's still coming off the bench, which is ever since we changed to Buddy off the bench. Bench Buddy is good. That's you know we've been we've been good with that role. Um, but let's talk about his numbers over the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, so he's had what fifteen point four points on thirty six percent from the field. Eh, eh. That's uh, yeah, that could be better, Buddy. Um, maybe some better shot selection. Would be nice. Uh, he has hit some big threes, though. I'm going to give him that. You know, he's had some big games. You know, with, with from the three point line. Yeah, for then. a guard and for how much he handles the ball, I'd like to see more assists. The, the assists are down for 2.5. I feel like in the midst of uh, another recent Kings like a run that they had a while back, we had mentioned that he was up to like five assists a game. Yeah, uh, he was getting more teammates involved and and showing better vision and decision yeah. making. I feel like when his assists are lower, that's an indicator. You combine that with a thirty six percent field goal percentage, and it's like there seems to be some room for improvement on the efficiency end for him. Yeah, for a bench player though, um, yeah, I think we can live with that. But is it just <laughs> he's me kind of a starter as a bench player? Though. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. one of the best players on the team. Yeah, but. I mean when he gets it going, it's good. And, and anytime he shoots a three, I'm thinking it's going in. But you know, um, I know everybody on the Kings makes mistakes. But is it just me or does Buddy like make? all of his mistakes in the most critical of moments. I think you're is right. That, is that just me or is that... Yeah, well, and I think that's why we end up talking about him more and why in our heads and maybe other fans' heads, it feels like he makes more mistakes than other teammates, even yeah. though that may or may not be true. But I feel like the the weight of those mistakes, the, the situations in which he makes them seem to be bigger. The platform is bigger, therefore they're more memorable and we seem to yeah. recall them... Uh, more often, but yeah, he just needs to improve his efficiency, get more teammates involved, and and when his shot is falling, he's he's a stud. So he hopefully his that yeah. we see that field goal percentage go over forty percent soon. I like and, buddy, yeah. Uh, uh, Barnes has been good though. He's averaging almost twenty points a game at fifty two percent shooting, averaging almost four boards, three and a half assists. Uh, Barnes has been money lately. Well, he wants to shave. Did did you have you heard that he is not going to shave his beard until we get back to five hundred? I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. hopefully he gets to. Well, uh, that I mean, we he, got a little ways to go. But he doesn't grow a very good beard because he's been growing it out for quite a while. Is it looking like a James Harden beard? Or is it? No, I mean Harden's you know pretty pretty luscious, but uh, Barnes he kind of just looks homeless, kind of scraggly. Yeah. So hopefully we can, you know, rattle off some wind so he can shave. But then, I mean, does he want to shave if we're doing that good? Because maybe that thing's bringing him good luck. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Bogey has also been a little cold, averaging 14 points a game, which is fine, but 38% shooting. We'd like to see that over 40 as well. Yeah. Averaging about four boards, three dimes. Almost two steals, though. So a lot of the Kings on the defensive end, you've got Buddy at 1.6 steals over the last two weeks, uh, Bogey at 1.8 steals over the last two weeks, Fox at 1.3 steals over the last two weeks, Bazemore had almost two steals over the last couple weeks. The Kings, that tells something, that's an indicator that the Kings are doing something right if a lot of their players are averaging one and a half to two steals a game. Yeah, we're active. Buddy and Bogey almost have identical stats. Um, And I think that, I mean, they're decent numbers, but I think we're hard on them because we know what they could be. We've yeah. seen their potential and we you know, we want more, not in a selfish way. Or we know, know what they're capable of and it's more than this. Yeah. It's These are not, like you said, these are not poor numbers, but they're not what they should be. Right. Uh, especially if the Kings are going to find success and make a push for that eight seed. Yeah. Those are our, our two biggest guys, um, either starting or off the bench, that we need to... Those are typically our two biggest offensive sparks aside from Fox. Yeah. And we need those guys to 
to make a push if we're going to try to go for that eight seed. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about our upcoming games uh, this next week. We've got Tuesday. We've got four games this next week. Mm-hmm. Three of them are at home. Tuesday, March 3rd, we play Washington, who's 21 and 37. Yes. Um, Thursday is at home against Philly, who is 37 and 24. But we've talked about this split before. It's kind of crazy. The Sixers are 28 and two at home, but only nine and 22 on the road. Yeah. That is a crazy split. And this is a road game for them yeah. without Embiid, without Simmons. Yeah. So it almost turns into a game that we should win. I, mean, I, I would think so with the way we've been playing. Yeah. I would think so. I mean, the, that kid, Shake Milton's been, been going <laughs> off for them lately, but yeah. I feel like we should have a good shot at that That's game. like the perfect name of someone who would just be a king's killer for no reason, like <laughs> Troy Daniels or something. This is someone who lights who the, it up. Who the Lakers just waved, by the way. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. Just the most random guy you can think of. I just remember that game. Like, like when we played yeah. the Hornets and it was like random people. Yeah, yeah I feel Malik like... Monk or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then we play Portland a couple of days later, March seventh. That's, that, that's be a the road game, humongous game at Portland. I'm assuming Damian Lillard may be back by then. Yeah. He's pretty close to coming back right now, and that's a week from now, so he could be back. Hopefully, his groin's still tender or something. He can't play. <laughs> and then we got a back to back where we go from at Portland to uh, mm. come back down to Sac to face the Raptors, mm-hmm. who are 42 and 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at wh- home though, at home versus Toronto. And yeah, we, I feel like it's finally starting to come into fruition that the Kings have played a lot of road games this yeah. year. We're finally starting to see the home games come, which we need desperately right now because the schedule doesn't get super easy. Yeah. What are your thoughts about these four games? Uh, Washington, Philly, Portland, Toronto. Washington, a must win. Yep. Uh, they are not a good team. We are at home. We are trying for a playoff spot. Washington could care less. Uh, we, we need to pound them. Uh, Philadelphia... They struggle on the road, and they're missing their two best players. So I feel like that's almost in must-win territory as well. In my mind, because the next two games are difficult. Yeah. Um, gosh, Portland feels like a must-win because we're in the race you know, with them. You know, We're competing with them for that A seed. And then the next game is going to be a rough Probably one. looking like a loss I would being say, a back-to-back, and it's Toronto. I would say if we're really breaking it down, we must win two of these four, but I really feel like we should win three out of these four if we're going to try to make a playoff push. Yeah, if we're going to do it, we need to probably win those first three games. And then if we could beat Toronto, that would be just a plus icing on the cake. So you're not going to go back to your bold prediction that the Kings are winning all these games? Because we were having success when you were making those crazy predictions. Okay, so honestly, right now the way we're playing... I look at every team, unless it's the Bucks, and I'm like, yeah, we're winning that game. But I know that's foolish of me. Yeah. And you know, you know me. I get a little bit, I get a little bit overexcited. Hey, th- I start thinking. There's nothing about, wrong with being yeah. optimistic. You yeah. know, you're excited and you're a fan. It's all right. You you like to get hyped. We all yeah. know this. I, I just feel like yeah. I, you like to ride the emotional roller coaster. Your highs are very high and your lows are very low. You oh, go from are. we're winning it all this year to like wait we still have a basketball team in Sacramento that's yeah. not the Monarchs. Like, <laughs> that, <laughs> like so, when did the Diamondbacks play? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I told you I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks this year with the Giants. That, oh, yeah, I know. Well, because Roman likes the Diamondbacks. and well, But second, behind the Giants, right? Just yeah, so. always, yeah. But um, the Giants are going to be so bad this year. But anyways, uh, three out of four for the Kings. Okay. That's, that's my goal. Four out of uh, four, four and oh would be amazing. I like it. I and like it. I'll be coming on here next Sunday or whatever just with my shirt off. Hey, really? Whatever Bazemore and Tolliver said seems to be working, and we just need to keep rolling right now. Just, yeah. Just keep going. So, <laughs> All right, Matt, let's wrap this up. It's time for news and notes. Okay. Wait, what? News? All right, Matt, news and notes. Here's a piece of good news for the, the team that's pushing for the playoffs right now in the Kings. Uh, yeah. Rashawn Holmes. Uh, has started one-on-one drills and could be cleared to return to practice this week. So he's missed 23 games with a torn light, uh, right labrum, and it, it, that ended up being way longer than we thought he was going to miss, oh, unfortunately. I, I thought it was going to be like one or two games. And before he was hurt, he was our best player this year. Fox has really been given now the opportunity to step up, which could be a blessing in disguise because he's really developed and turned into that leader that we wanted him to be, but... There's no doubt that we need Rashawn Holmes and we miss his presence. So that's good news. Hopefully he comes back soon. We'll probably be on a minutes restriction, but it would be great just to get him back on the court. He seems like the type of player, too, that can come back and the way he plays, you know, won't really miss a beat because it's not like he's, you know, relying on a jump shot that he needs to figure out. Right. Very efficient, very high percentage shots. So excited to get him back soon. Yeah. Um, Other news, the New Orleans Pelicans announced that guard J.J. Redick will be out at least two weeks with a strained right hamstring. Um, The Pelicans are currently tied with the Kings for the ninth seed. Um, and we play New Orleans twice in the next three weeks. Um, so, you know, that could be a potential um, plus for us, you know, them missing that uh, sharpshooter, J.J. Redick, Matt Demeteris doppelganger. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> like, when you when you read that, it was almost like a voodoo doll, like my right hamstring just sort of tightened <laughs> up a little bit. I'm sorry. No, but that, uh, that'll be nice um, if we can – I mean – they still have a lot of good players. They have Zion. They have Drew Holiday. They have Derek Favors. They have a lot of good players. But, um, you know, like it, 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 any key role player missing helps, and we'll take any advantage we can get. But oh, yeah. e- either way, whether teams are at full strength or not, those games are going to be huge. So Yeah. Um, James Harden recently passed Jason Terry uh, for fifth all-time in three-pointers made. Terry was sitting at 2,283. Uh, James Harden is now the number five player of all-time for... Uh, Three-pointers made in a career. The people ahead of him are number one is Ray Allen, then Reggie Miller, Steph Curry, and Kyle Korver. So Mm. he's a pretty elite company there when it comes to three-point shooting. Well, I've made way more than that in my driveway, so (laughs) whatever. Uh, ESPN and The Athletic reported that no structural damage uh, in Joel Embiid's strained shoulder. He will be reevaluated in one week, so we'll keep an eye on that. But it looks like he's not going to be playing against Sacramento, which... I'm not apologizing for. Yeah, I hope he gets better soon, and I'm sure he'll be back for their playoff run, but their their push. But um, I'm not going to say that I'm super sad that he's not going to be there to play us this week. Uh, we can, like I said, we'll take whatever we can get right now, especially because we've been playing handicapped with without key players a lot of times as well. So. Indeed. 
Indeed. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this time. Uh, please continue to subscribe and leave us comments on Apple Podcasts. We always love that. But we're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify as well. And we're on Twitter at Sack Lunch Podcast. That's all we got this time. Until this next time, I'm Matt, he's Matt, and this is the Sack Lunch Podcast. We are winning it all. <laughs>